Well, we've been engaged in a series called I Choose for the past couple of weeks, and today we're going to continue on with part three of the series. The series has been built on the understanding that life is filled with choices, and the choices that we make every day make us. So far, we've talked about uh, choosing purpose over popularity or over the approval of others. Uh, Last week, we talked about choosing discipline over regret. And today, we're going to talk about choosing gratitude over complaint. So with that in mind, I'd like to ask you to take your Bibles and turn to uh, Exodus chapter 14. And once you're there, if you'll just hold your place, we'll come back to that passage in just a short while. Before we go any further, I'd like to take just a moment to pray for us today. So if you'll bow your heads there where you are uh, at home or wherever you might be watching. Father, thank you for your presence with us today, and we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We ask that today as we look to your word, that by your spirit, you would open up your word to us in new and fresh ways so that we can grow, that we can be transformed, so that we can become more like you. So we surrender ourselves to you right now when we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'd like to uh, begin to step into the message this morning uh, by way of a, of a personal story. And in telling you this story, I need to take you all the way back to uh, January 1, 2017. Um, and I want to take you to early in the morning. Uh, the, the new year was uh, as fresh and new as a baby that had just been born when at 2.30 a.m. Uh, the phone rings. And quite honestly, when the phone rings at 2.30 in the morning, it's typically not really good news. So I braced myself as I reached for the phone for what I might hear. Uh, my older son was on the, uh, on the other end, and immediately he began to uh, reassure me that our younger son was okay. And I knew that he was telling me, he's not dead, however. He went on to inform me that our son had been brutally attacked And the hours that followed, we found that he was going to require multiple surgeries in the days and in the months ahead. That's how we started 2017. As if that weren't enough, uh, a, a most terrific or horrific way to begin the year, there was more to follow. Um, later uh, that year, later that same month, actually, um, uh, there was a very unfortunate um, ministry situation that happened. It was confusing. Uh, it was chaotic. And it happened at a, at a church that we were working at in Florida. So suddenly now with what happened on January 1st and now what had happened uh, later in January, we felt like we had this large knapsack. Uh, strapped on our back, and it was getting heavier and heavier as it would be loaded. Now I want you to fast forward to May of that same year. Went into the doctor for a routine checkup. Um, the nurse did an EKG. The doctor came in and began to read the results, and as he did, he said, uh, you know, there's some irregularities in this EKG. I need to have you see a cardiologist. The next day, he had me in to visit the cardiologist, Uh, and then a couple of days after that, the cardiologist ran some pretty extensive tests, and after that, just a couple of hours after that, he called and said, "Uh, you are very sick. In fact, your heart is failing. You're in heart failure. Immediately, when my wife and I heard this, we were overwhelmed, we were overcome, and we we were frightened. We really didn't know what to think. We didn't know how we were going to handle this. Um, And as if this weren't all enough, 
the the knapsack that we felt that had been strapped to our back seemed like it was growing. It was getting heavier, and now it was dragging the ground. And we continued on in the year, and as we continued throughout the year, uh, there was more to come. Uh, there was a ministry transition. There was a move across states. There were multiple medical procedures, and um, my mother passed away in August of that year. Needless to say, 2017 was definitely a memorable year, but it wasn't the kind of year that with memories that you would cherish. Now, I tell you this story for a purpose, and the purpose isn't so that you'll give me pity or sympathy. Instead, I tell you this story because I want to tell you about a choice that we made. That year, in 2017, we chose very purposely to choose gratitude over grumbling and complaining. We chose gratitude, and this is what it looked like for us every single day we began to rehearse. We began to speak out the goodness of God in our lives. We began to talk about the little things, giving thanks for them, and we began to talk about the big things, giving thanks for them. And let me tell you what happened. As we remembered, as we recalled the goodness of God in our lives, even in the midst of these challenging times, suddenly complaining had no place. There was no need to complain because we recognized that our God was so much greater. During 2017, we learned some very valuable lessons. And perhaps one of the greatest lessons that we learned is that we cannot choose what happens to us in our life. But we can choose how we respond to what does happen. Gratitude really is a choice. And when we fail to choose gratitude, by default, we choose ingratitude. Listen, when we choose to live with gratitude, not only is it a benefit to us, not only does it change us, but choosing gratitude opens up the way for God to work. One person, uh, uh, put it this way, as describing the the choice between gratitude and complaint. Uh, And he said, complaint and grumbling are the language of hell, but praise and thanksgiving is the language of heaven. Then he went on to say, we can choose the language that we speak. Think about that. You and I have the ability every day to choose the language that we speak. And the right choice is to choose the language of heaven, to choose the language of praise and thanksgiving. Now, if there's truth in this statement, and I fully believe there is, then we can only conclude that the children of Israel were very fluent in the language of hell. Because, you see, it seemed as if their mother tongue was grumbling and blame and complaint. And the passage of Scripture that I had you turn to earlier in Exodus gives us a very clear picture of this reality. I want to read to you from Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 through 14 in just a moment. But before I do, I'd like to just take some time to set up these verses. So here's what we know. Here's what we recall. The Israelites had been in bondage in in, in Egypt. They had been in slavery in Egypt for 430 years. And then 
God taps Moses on the shoulder to bring the children of Israel out of bondage, out of slavery, out of Egypt. And with that, Moses and uh, his brother Aaron go before Pharaoh and they say this, let my people go. Well, guess what? Pharaoh wasn't interested. He really didn't care about what they wanted, and so his heart was hardened, just as God said it would be. His heart was hardened, and because of his hardness of heart, because of uh, his resistance, and because of Moses' persistence at God's instruction, God's lead, God poured out ten destructive, deadly plagues on the Egyptians. The final plague was the movement of the death angel through the streets and uh, claiming the life of all the firstborn sons of Egypt. After the plagues, and recognizing this, that while the Egyptians suffered the destruction of the plagues, the children of Israel were never touched. They continually uh, experienced the protective hand of God. So after the plagues, after the death angel had gone through, after the loss of uh, the firstborn sons of Egypt, and after the very first Passover, uh, Aaron and Moses are summoned by Pharaoh. They come into his presence, and this is what he says. Go, get out of here. Take your people and go and worship your God. I have had it. I can't take this anymore. And so the exodus begins. And so they begin their journey. And as they're in their journey, they have a very manifest presence of God with them at all times. God leads them with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And as long as the children of Israel keep their eyes on the cloud or the pillar of fire, they know exactly where God wants them to be. He's leading them. They can know this with great comfort. As God is leading them, he reroutes them at one point and very purposely, very strategically leads them up to a camp by the Red Sea. They're camping in front of the Red Sea. Meanwhile, back in Egypt, Pharaoh has had a change of heart. What did I do? Why did I let them go? Let's go get them now. So imagine The children of Israel are camped right at the Red Sea, and suddenly they begin to hear something which maybe sounds to them like a a thunderstorm brewing up in the distance. And then they look and they begin to try to figure out what's going on, and they notice that there are great clouds of dust rising up. And as they continue to look, they realize this isn't a thunderstorm or this isn't a windstorm, a dust storm caused by the wind, but instead... What they see is Pharaoh's army along with Pharaoh and the chariots coming after them. This is what's created the dust storm. And so now we can pick up in Exodus 14, verse 10. So I want you to follow along as I read these verses. Um, It says, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us here to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? 
Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die here in the desert. And then in verse 13, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Wow, what an incredible story. Think about it. Knowing that the Red Sea is in front of them, then they look in their rearview mirror, so to speak, only to see Pharaoh and his army, this great cloud of dust that's being raised. What was their response? Well, they were frightened. They were afraid. Think about it. They had seen God pour out 10 deadly plagues and deliver them from the the bondage of the Egyptians. And now the very ones whom they had been delivered from were approaching them, were bearing down on them like a great army. So from a human perspective, the situation seemed very bleak, very grim. As far as they were concerned, there was no human power that could save them. So what choice did they have? What could they do? Now, you'd think that having witnessed God's protective hand and all that God did through the ten plagues, you would think that the children of Israel, the Israelites, would have had great faith. But it seems like only a week into the journey, and they've already forgotten. So fear was their first response. But then they called out to God. But that was short-lived because that was followed by blame and complain. And that blame and complain was directed at Moses. Moses, why did you bring us out here? Why did you bring us into the desert? Did you think there weren't enough graves for us back in Egypt? What are you doing? Why did you bring us here to die? Moses, we told you, leave us alone. We'll just serve the Egyptians. But you insisted, Moses. And now here we are. We are going to die here in the desert. Fear was really a reasonable response. I mean, you could expect that they would be fearful. Calling out to God was a right response even though it was short-lived. But resorting to blaming and complaining, that's where the train went off the tracks. Blaming and complaining was a reoccurring theme for the Israelites. Throughout their journey, when things were going well, when they were comfortable, everything was good, And they looked to God, they followed God, and they listened to God. But the moment trial came, challenge came, the moment it got uncomfortable, then they began to doubt. And that's exactly what we see in these verses. You know, it's amazing to me how quickly the Israelites forgot all that God had done for them back in Egypt. Again, they were only like a week into their their desert journey. And instead of reflecting and thanking God and looking back and all he had uh, done for them, 
They allowed their present circumstances to generate, move them into grumbling and complaining. And this caused me to think, what about me? How often do I forget all that God's done for me? How often do I forget, and when tough situations come, I resort to grumbling and blaming and complaining? And I want to encourage you today. I want to challenge you to ask yourself the same question. When you find yourself between your rock and hard place, so to speak, when you find yourself between your Red Sea and whatever the army enemy is behind you, what choice do you make? Do you choose gratitude? Do you stop and look back and thank God for all of his goodness in your life? Or do you choose grumbling and complaining? What is your language of choice? Do you choose the language of heaven or do you choose the language of hell? Grumbling and complaining. Here's what I've learned. Complaining has no benefit whatsoever. Let me say that again. Complaining has no benefit whatsoever. In fact, complaining creates crisis in our lives. When we choose complaint over gratitude, listen, complaint will keep us focused on the negative instead of causing us to see, allowing us to see the positive. And this is exactly what was happening with the Israelites. They were so focused on Pharaoh's army coming that they had forgotten the positive things that God had done, that he had delivered them from their bondage. Um, Complaining distorts reality and makes things seem worse than they really are. And again, that's exactly what happened with the children of Israel. As they were looking at the army coming, they were, they were all like, hey, it would be much better to be in bondage in Egypt. The, the situation was distorted. It, it looked much worse than in reality it really was. And finally, complaining will keep you from seeking the one who has the solution. And who is that? That's God. It's interesting, as long as they kept their eyes on the cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night, they knew exactly where they were supposed to be. They followed God's lead. They walked by faith and no enemy could harm them. But the moment they looked back, the moment they looked back at the negative situation, the moment they chose to um, uh, complain rather than offer thanksgiving and praise to God for what they had done, by default, they chose the language of hell. They chose the language of complaint. And it was of absolutely no benefit to them whatsoever. Every day, we have a choice to make. We can choose gratitude or we can choose to complain. And the choice that we make today will shape our lives tomorrow. Uh, let, let me just let me talk to you about that a minute. Um, there's only one right choice to make, right? And that's gratitude. Gratitude fuels our faith, but complaint fuels our fear. Gratitude will uh, uh, allow you to see the opportunities that are before you 
But complaining will blind you from seeing the God opportunities that are before you. Finally, gratitude will make you better, but complaining will make you bitter. Choosing gratitude has to be a very intentional response on our part. Let me, let me just give you an illustration. Let's say you decide that you want to have the most incredible yard. You want the best yard in your neighborhood. And you go out and you stand on your front porch and you look at your yard and you recognize it's pretty good, but you've been taking a shortcut through the grass to get to the sidewalk to go on a walk every morning. And now there's a dirt path through your yard and you want to change that. Well, the change that you have to make is in the morning when you come out your door, you're going to go for your walk. Instead of walking that path in the grass, the dirt path that you made, you're going to have to walk along your sidewalk over to the driveway, and you're going to have to walk down your driveway to the main sidewalk so you can go for your morning walk. And if you do that time after time after time, you have established a new pattern, a new way of moving, a new way of thinking, and suddenly that old way, that dirt path is gone. Well, the same is true for us. We have to be intentional about choosing gratitude. We have to be very strategic in doing it. And here's, here's some of the ways that we can do that. We begin every day by giving thanks to God. Every day. We just, we just say, God, this is what I'm thankful for. Uh, we train ourselves to see the good even when bad things are happening. When we were going through 2017, it was a horrific year. But we were able to mine out the good that God was doing. And finally, don't neglect the little things. Thank God for the little things that he's doing as well as the large blessings. The little things are so important. So let me ask you today, what's your choice? Are you going to choose gratitude or are you going to choose complaint? What language will you choose to speak? Are you going to choose the language of hell are you going to choose the language of heaven? I urge you, choose the language of heaven. Choose gratitude. And in making that choice, let me finally ask, what adjustments, what changes do you need to make in your life? I'd like to pray for you as we close today. Let's pray. Father, uh, thank you. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for your goodness in our lives. Father God, I pray that we would be a people who continually choose the language of heaven. That we would be a people of praise and thanksgiving, even in the most challenging times. Even when it seems like the enemy is pursuing us and there's nowhere to go. We find our hope in you. And that hope comes when we think back and we recognize what a great and good, loving God you are. So, God, I ask that for all of us, you would help us make the right course adjustments. Help us to be intentional in choosing gratitude. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today.